0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in Macalester, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then that house becomes a home. So today we wanna say welcome home as we jump into today's service.
1: Amen. Good morning, King's House. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing good. Well, it's good to see some new faces and it's good to see some familiar faces. Uh I know this was home for me for a couple of years and I loved every single bit of it. So for those of you that don't know, I'm sorry that you didn't get to know me then. Um But here I am. But I just—it's—it's good to see family. I I tell Mark all the time. I said, "Man, this is like my second home. I consider this home for me." Uh, Some of the most genuine relationships that I have in my life to this day come from McAlester, Oklahoma, and and I never would have imagined that. But I'm so thankful to be here. And and Pastor Mark, thank you so much for letting me be here today. And thanks for giving up some of your pulpit time. I know you're in a series. I know you're in a great series. But uh, when when I talked about coming down uh, back home at my church in Colleen, Texas. Um, I'm about to get the whole month of June and get a chance to preach and get a chance to speak. And there's just something that, um, and the Lord's really been dealing with me on seasons and times and, and just in, in a thought that came to me a couple months ago was when you understand times and seasons, you'll never judge or complain about the season that you're in because you understand that there are times and seasons to everything that God brings in your life. And so as I was looking at there, there's, there's seasons for everything that we deal with, there's seasons for everything that we go through. And in that moment, in that season, it doesn't always feel like it. As a matter of fact, Mark and I, we went to the <laughs> golf course uh, the other morning. It's summer on the calendar, but we were freezing. I mean, yes, if you can imagine a 300 pound guy freezing, I was, it didn't feel like summer, but I knew it was summer. And there's seasons where you know for a fact you're where you're supposed to be, but it doesn't always feel that way. And so as I was looking at that, there was something that came to me and there was something that I saw and there's something that I want to, you know, normally as a pastor, as someone who is in and out of, of um, you know, series is a lot. You know, when you get to go speak for a friend, it's something that you, you, you feel like it's on your heart. But this, I've not preached to anybody. You guys getting it fresh off the press before my church even gets it. But there was something that I read. And, and, and the story of Joseph, maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, you know, Joseph and his brothers, he had a dream. And, and I was talking about seasons. And you think about the season of a dream. Um, somebody once told me that dreams from God are kind of like what when, when God breathed life and brought Jesus onto earth, there was a birth of a dream, there was a death of a dream, and then there was a resurrection of a dream. And a lot of times we give up or we get frustrated because we, God's birthed a dream inside of us, God's given us something to, to, that we feel like God's called us to do, and yet during that death of it, we kind of just throw our cards in and say, that's it, or that's done. And so when I was reading this story of Joseph, I've never had a verse kind of jump at me like it did a couple of weeks ago. And I begin to start writing something out, but it says this right here in Genesis 37 verse 9. It says this, soon Joseph had another dream. He had another dream. And, and a lot of times in life, we feel like, there's, like, we feel like we're, just, we're stuck to one dream where we feel like I had this goal for my life, and I had this plan for my life, and I had this thing that I had. I just, I just knew for a fact this was it. But what happens when that dream doesn't happen? Do you have the ability to dream again? Do you have the trust to dream again? And today, I just simply want to preach a message to you guys. Very simple. And Pastor Mark, I promise it's going to be short. I'm going to get you guys out on time. That is not my gift, but a day it is. And so I just, want to, I just want to simply ask you to dream again. And you, and you think about that, even when I say that, the mere thought of asking an adult to dream again, it sounds childish. But God's asked us to have childlike faith, not childish faith, but childlike faith. And there's times where in life, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how old you are, you're never too old, and it's never too late in the game to dream again. It's never too late to just look at God and say, God, listen, I know this is the idea that I had for my life. This is, these are the plans that I thought I had. This is how I thought you were going to work, but now here it is, God. I'm going to dream again, and I'm asking you to bring these things into my life. Because there's a lot of times we face, we go through different situations and things in life to where it's just it's not what we thought. There's, there's things that's happened in my life personally. I promise you, I'm in a place in life. I didn't think that I was gonna be, when I was 17, young and dreaming, I didn't, I didn't envision some things happening in my life. But when this, when I read this scripture, it jumped out to me more than anything because I said, God, I, 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 I don't ever wanna feel like I'm too old to dream again. Because one of the things that I loved most is for 15 years, I traveled all across the world with a group called the Power Team. And we did school assemblies. And one of my favorite things to do is when, now, I, I don't have kids, but I do love kids, which is probably why I love them, because I don't have them, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> preach, somebody said, but, you know, it's just, when you, when are somebody else's kids, they're a lot of blasts, because they get to go right back home, but, you know, we would sit there, and a lot of the guys on the team hated doing elementary schools, because a high school student, man, I can give you some meat, I can talk to you, and I can give you all the facts, but when it comes down to dealing with elementary kids, Good luck keeping their attention. And so you're having to do stuff like visually. It's like the circus. It's like you got to do something like, hey, my hand, like you have to do something to keep their attention. But something we would always talk to them about was having a goal and having a dream. And we would use an analogy with a towel. We would do all these different things. But something that every guy on the team hated more than anything was when we would go into these rural areas. Because we had a specific message for elementary kids. We had a specific message for junior high kids. We had a very specific message for high school kids. You know, I've always said, elementary, it's like a pillow fight. You're in there, man, you're having fun. You're giving them some stuff to think about. Junior high, you put the gloves on and you give them a couple of truths and you just let them know about different things in their life. High school you take the gloves off and you just smack them right in the face with the truth because that's, that's, that's what they need. Like that's exactly what they need. And so there were certain times where I remember I was about 20 years old and, and one of the guys was just like, this is one of the hardest schools you will ever have to speak into because it's everybody it's kindergarten to seniors. And I had a phenomenal mentor in my life at the time. And he gave me a very simple phrase and a very simple thing that he said. And I loved it. And he said, "Map." He goes, when you go into these schools, he said, just keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. And when he said that, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, keep it to where the young ones can understand it. He was like, the old ones will always get what they need out of it. He goes, but if you cater to the older kids, the young ones will never going to get it. Well, something that we did. So I was 19 years old at the time. I'd been on a team for three years. It was protocol in the power team that you could not speak in a school unless you have been on a team for a year. It was my third month on the team. I had no idea what I was doing, really. I was 19 years old. Who knows what they're doing at 19? Not me. And so I was sitting there, and I will never forget, I traveled to Italy, Texas. If, if you can believe that, that is a place. Um, and so there was a school that I got to, and the road manager looked at me, who gets there a day before us, and was like, hey, guy. He was like, uh, everybody missed their flight. They're all delayed. It's just me and you. We're going to do this school. I was like, oh, no, we're not. I said, uh, I have never spoken to school and I don't plan on doing it today. And he goes, oh, no, you have to. He goes, that school is paid. They're expecting a school assembly. I was like, well, that's not what they're going to get. Because I had no idea. And I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, what am I going to tell these kids? Like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to handle this? And so I walk into this high school of a little over 2,000 students. And to say I was overwhelmed would be an understatement. And so I, all I did was reach back on things that I, all I did was regurgitate everything that I heard. And so I was thinking in my head, you know, elementary school. I mean, I've been in a lot of them. And so I get in a, a bunch of high school kids, and I ask them, how many of you guys, because we started every elementary school like this, how many of you guys have a goal or a dream? And I said that, and I promise you three kids raised their hand. And I was like, this is not a good start. Like, this is not how I envision this. Like, maybe this mic is not working. And so I looked at those kids, and I was like, surely you heard me. And, and the road manager, he's like, no, we don't do that here. Like, we don't do that in high school. So I was like, okay, okay, well, never mind then. Maybe you guys don't have goals and dreams anymore. Okay, cool. We don't do that here. Sorry. Let me, let me get into something else. And so after the school assembly, he was telling me, he goes, dude, he goes, we never say that to high schoolers. I was like, why not? Did, they, did, they, did something happen? Like, do they not have goals and dreams anymore? And so one of my favorite things, so when we went to do a, a kindergarten through seniors in high school, It was very prevalent to me, and I feel like God gave me something actually in the moment because I was sitting there years later. I was probably 25 years old this time, a little more time under my belt. I kind of knew what I was doing somewhat. And so I looked at these kids, and I said, and I wanted to see this. I wanted high schoolers to see this. I said, how many of you guys have a goal and a dream? And I promise every elementary kid raised their hand. They're screaming. They want you to pick them. They want to tell you so bad what their goal and dream is. Like they're like getting red in the face. And the junior high kids, there's a, there's kind of a sprinkle of them, but the high school students, nobody. They're all looking at the at the elementary kids like like what, what's your problem? Like why do you have a goal? Like what's what's the deal? And the fun thing, I want them to understand something because what happens? Like because when now, now the fun thing is when you ask an elementary elementary kid what you want to be, because you get some really good answers. Some of the best answers I ever got, I had a kid. Now, I'm not kidding you. I was at a school, and, and these kids were, like, like, the smartest of the smartest kids. And like, these kids, like, you had to test to get into the school. We were in Orlando, Florida. I'll never forget, because I was having kids. I was like, what do you want to be? He's like, marine biologist. I was like, oh, my, I, I didn't even know what that was when I was in the second grade. <laughs> and so we're talking, and I asked one kid. I brought this kid up, and he was standing beside me, and, and, and in front of God and everybody. I said, no, buddy, what do you want to be? He goes, a stop sign. Pastor Mark, I don't know how you recover from that. I was just like, oh, okay, well, um, all right. (laughs) And then one of my favorites was that I was in another school and I asked the kid, what do you want to be? He said, a bunny rabbit. And I was like, dude, um, I don't know how we can do, make that happen, um, but I can't do that. But like a lot of them want to be pirates. They want to be ninjas and, and hopefully that goal changes when they get older, but At the time they're young as a matter of fact about a month ago i was in orlando speaking for a pastor friend of mine and his son's in elementary school and and i totally like i because we had spent some time together i didn't know his son was there that day if i knew he was there i would have i would have called him up there to speak or i would have called him up there to to, to be with me but i didn't see him and so the next day we were walking through disney he goes hey he goes you didn't ask me what i wanted to be and i was like i'm sorry he goes did you not see me i was like no he goes it's probably because i'm green and i was like you're what He goes, I'm green, and I was like, buddy, you are not green. He was like, yes, I'm green, and I'm a ninja turtle. Boom, punched me right in the stomach. (laughs) He was like, if you had asked me what my goal and dream was, I would have told you I was going to be a ninja turtle. And I was like, dude, I'm not telling you're not. Especially after punching me, I don't even know what. Kudos to you for punching a guy that could squish you uh, at the at any given moment. But we're sitting there. But here's the thing: like like kids dream in color, right? Kids dream, like if, if I were to ask you to color something, if I were to go back in that room over there and get something they're coloring, as a matter of fact, I saw some kids coloring Wednesday night, and it's, it's amazing. They don't care about the lines. They don't care about anything. They they color, and they're just having a blast. But what do we do as adults? We, we want to muzzle that, and we're saying, no, 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 you have to stay between the lines. You have to do this. You can't be a kid. You can't think like that. You can't do like that. And so we as adults sometimes, we want to fix that, and we want to correct that, but that's how kids' minds are wired. And what happens along the way? What happens all of a sudden when you, when you look at an elementary kid you look at a high school kid, what happens where all of a sudden you can't wait to tell somebody what you want to be to where you don't even want to tell anybody you've got something you want to be? Why is it because somebody's going to make fun of what you have to say? Somebody's going to look at you and be like, there's no way in the world that you could be a doctor. Dude, do you realize what size town you come from? There's no doctors that come from this town. What do you mean that you want to be a doctor? What do you mean you want to be a lawyer? What do you mean you want to be a professional athlete? All of a sudden, at this age, life has happened. You are calloused. You are scarred. Life is, all of a sudden, something's happened in elementary school to where somebody's told you that you couldn't do something. But what I want to ask you today, King's House, Dream again. It's okay to dream again. It's okay to do this because, and I understand that we have to use wisdom, and we do have to do this thing called adulting. I understand that. I I get that wholeheartedly, but I don't ever want to grow up. Like, I don't ever want to be that old person that just absolutely squashes everybody's goals or everybody's dreams. I want to be that person that can dream again. I want to be that person that can look at life in color just like I did when I was in elementary school, because I think the biggest lie in life is this, this phrase and this comment, oh, just be realistic. I hate that because most dreams die in practicality. Listen, dreams aren't practical. That's why they're dreams. Like dreams aren't practical. Dreams crop up in this thing. They don't, they don't crop up in your mind. They crop up in your soul. And there's a, there's a reason why you have a passion to do certain things. There is a reason why God has birthed something deep inside of you because that is a dream. That is something that you look at God and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It doesn't make sense in my mind. That's when you know it's a dream. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people's goals, there's a lot of people's dreams, there's a lot of people's thing that all of a sudden, they they die in practicality because they look at certain things because it doesn't make sense. And this is one thing that I love. Pablo Picasso said this, every child was born an artist, but the problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. You know, something I said years ago, years ago when I was here, I, and I'm not saying this because, you know, he's letting me preach today, but I absolutely love that little redhead guy right there on the front row. Like, like he's, he, he's, a, he's, he's amazing. And you guys are blessed to have him, but having, having the privilege to travel and, you know, to be in, in all 57, 51 States and, and all countries and different things like that I've heard worship all over the world. And then once, once I heard him sing, and once I heard some of the songs that he's written, like it just hit me. I was like, man, this guy has got stuff that, that doesn't need to just be inside of a church. It needs to go somewhere else. And I remember at the time that I was here, and I know his heart right now is to have worship that expands further, not just McAllister, Oklahoma, not just the United States, but something that's globally. And, 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 and you know what, Mark, that, that's a dream, And I believe wholeheartedly, I'm telling you right now, I believe wholeheartedly there is music inside of this man that's going to touch the nations. It's not just going to touch McAllister, Oklahoma, but I believe it's going to touch the nations. (laughs) And even when I said that, and even as I said that now, you're probably like, don't even tell me what you're thinking because it's not going to be good. I'm going to shut it down. Because even at the time when I was here and I was living here, people said, well, do you have a studio? "Oh, No, we don't have a studio. Do you have the budget? Do you have money to record? No, we don't have that. That's why it's a dream. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this, this is a dream. This is something that I feel like God has given. This is something that I feel like God's placed inside of him. How it happens, that's not on us. There's certain things, like if you're faithful to just say, God, I understand that you've given me this gift. God, I understand that you've done this for me. And Lord, I'm just asking you to direct my path. I'm just asking you to make it clear. I'm asking you to make it happen because he's the one. If we're faithful with a dream, he's faithful to provide provision for that dream. And I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact it doesn't look like it on paper because music comes from churches that are, you know, tens of thousands of members. But, man, does music come from a place in Macalester? Absolutely. When they, we they look at, looked at Jesus, what good can come from Nazareth? Well, people can probably say, well, man, what worship comes from Macalester? Well, I'm telling you right now, a lot of good worship can come from Macalester. And as you think about that, don't kill someone's dream with your practicality. Just because you're callous, just because you're scarred, because here's the thing, you don't get a road map. Like, like, God doesn't work it all out for you and then give you the dream. You don't get a roadmap and then the dream. You get a dream and then you get the roadmap. You get the dream of saying, God, this is what I want to do. I guarantee you, there, there's so many things that are birthed. It's not because we have perfectly planned everything the way that it's supposed to go, but God's given us a dream. And next thing you know, we have a roadmap to make it work. But in your practicality and in, and in your thinking, don't think for a second, and don't be that person. Because here's the thing, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Now, don't, don't, don't think anything negative about prophecy. Prophecy is a great thing. And it says this, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I, I love that the Bible declares that. Now, listen, I'm not calling anybody old by no means. Mark, Pastor Mark, I'm not calling you old, but listen, old, He said the Bible says old men will dream dreams. If that's a dream of yours, if that's a dream of his, and he know that God, and, and, and I know for a fact that God's birthed some music inside of him, stuff that, I've, that, that would blow people's minds if it was in the right hands. And God, I know that you've given him a dream and I know that you've given this to him, but it says this, young men will see visions and the Bible doesn't forsake the old man. Listen, you're never too old to dream again. You're never too old to sit there and all of a sudden say, well, man, life's passed me by because we tell people all the time. No, dreams are for young people. Culture says dream while you're young and you can make it happen. That's what culture says. Culture says, no, only young people can have dreams. All people aren't allowed to have dreams. But I'm telling you again, I'm asking you, don't grow up. It's okay to dream again. As a matter of fact, David, Pastor David Cho, the pastor of the largest church in South Korea said this, dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. The Lord speaks through me. I have learned to keep a pad by my bed. I get more from God when I'm sleeping than I do when I'm awake. And sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit acts. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Now, sometimes I can't read my handwriting, so I've learned to voice record. um, Because I'll wake up and be like, is that tongues? Did I just write in tongues? Like, uh, can I get an interpretation? Uh, you know, like, what, how did I just write that? But I want to be like Caleb, you know? Like, like you think about all the different things. Like, think about Caleb, how old he was, and he was like, God, give me this mountain. And so, like, he, but he spoke to him through dreams and all these different things. It's like, God, I don't ever want to say that I'm too old to do certain things, because here's this, a dream is this. A dream is a picture of what could be. It's a picture of what should be. It's using your gift and desire to not only bless your desires, but more importantly, it's to expand the kingdom of God. Did you know that your dream isn't just for you? Your dream will never be just for you. Things that God births inside of you, things that God gives you, things that God places inside your spirit, when you, you say, God, I feel like I need to do this. I promise you the songs that Pastor Mark has written, they're not for him. Although in a season, it probably was. We were talking this morning about some of the hymns and some of the different things that, that we've heard. They were written out of some of the toughest times you could ever imagine. It's like people want to write the great song, but they don't want to go through what it takes before God bursts that song inside of you. And I promise you, the song that God puts in your heart, the dream that God puts in your heart, it is very rarely for you, it's for somebody else. And are you advancing the kingdom of God with your dreams or what could be? Because Joseph had a dream, but Joseph had no idea that his dream was going to include a pit. He had no idea it was gonna include a prison. He had no idea that there was going to be this woman called Potiphar's wife. He had no idea the disappointment. But he had to go through all of that to get where? To the palace. He had to go through all of that. Sometimes when God gives you a dream, our dreams die in that pit. Our our, our dreams die when all of a sudden we run into a Potiphar's wife. All of a sudden, you know what? Most dreams die in disappointment. why, Why is that? Because maybe it didn't happen as fast as we thought it should. Maybe it didn't happen as quick as we thought it should. Because, I mean, I know you felt this way before where you feel like God's given you something. You feel like it should just go, you, like, God, you gave it to me. It should just be smooth sailing. Like, like there's so many people that are like, well, if there's obstacles, it must not have been from God. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No, absolutely not. Like, if it's from God, you're going to hit every speed bump along the way. I promise you, and some faster. Some going to sneak up on you. You're going to hit them pretty hard. But I'm telling you, like, to me, in life, I have learned the harder something is, the more I know it's from God. But how many times do we give up on that dream when we're in a pit? How many times do we give up on that dream when when we feel like it hasn't happened the way that we thought God was going to make it happen? Because our own expectations sometimes limit God. Because we, we expect God to move in a certain way. We expect God to make things happen in a certain way. And it's like, God, you gave me this dream, so I want you to make it work this way. But here's what the Bible says. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And what does that mean? Like, I feel like this is where a lot of us are. Like our hearts are broken because that dream didn't happen the way we thought it should. Life didn't happen the way that it thought we thought it should. Like nothing, nothing in life is happening the way that we thought that God was going to make it happen. And so what do we do? We, we, we have that hope deferred because that's what the Bible talks about. It makes the heart sick. It makes the heart broken. As a matter of fact, is what it says. A broken heart comes from hope deferred to where you had expectations. You had an idea. You thought this is the way life was going to go. And little did you know that God was like, no, that's not the way I'm taking you. I'm actually taking you a different place. But a lot of times we get stuck in hope deferred. A lot of times we get stuck in that place of, well, God, I guess this just wasn't from you. I I, I guess this dream wasn't from you. I guess I just cropped this up because of the food I had that night. I guess I just had this random dream. No, let me tell you something, Don't, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in hope deferred because the best part, the second half of that verse in Proverbs chapter 13, this is what it says right here. It says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Can I just tell you this, King's House? I, I don't just feel this for my church where we're at. I don't just feel this for me in, in, in general. But I really feel like for you, for Pastor Mark, for Pastor Erica, for this church, I feel like we are about to walk into a season of dreams fulfilled. I, I feel like the church has gone through so much. I feel like the church has been pushed back so much. And I feel like everything is happening. Kudos to you guys for navigating one of the hardest years most churches have had. I mean, you guys are absolutely blowing and going and you're doing well. There's churches, there's churches all across America that have had to shut their doors because of COVID. There's churches that cannot even get together now. They've had to, they've had to close because finances were down because people lost their jobs. And right now I'm telling you right now, because it's, it's, I just, I'm so, anytime I pull up the computer and I watch you guys online from Texas and I'm sitting there watching what God's doing, it blesses me to know that you guys are blowing and going in a time it doesn't make sense, in a time and a season where it doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you right now, I feel like as a church, we're getting ready to walk into that dreams fulfilled season, that season of where all of a sudden it's just like, boom, it happens. Because I'm telling you at any given moment, God can take you from a place of waiting to see God's best to walking in it. In any moment, God can take you there. And and I believe that God's going to make that happen here at the King's house. Because here's the thing. Like, Joseph had another dream. It's okay to have another dream. It's okay if plan A doesn't work out. It's okay if that doesn't happen. Can I tell you something? Like, just even being extremely vulnerable, just being extremely 100% open with you guys, I had no idea I was going to be 39 years old and single in life and trying to figure out ministry. I had no idea. When I looked at life, so when I started ministry and my dad was a pastor, I had no idea that I was going to have to walk through a divorce. I had no idea I was going to have to walk through things that, that, that happened in my life. I, like on my perfect little scale, I had no idea that that's what it was God was going to walk me through. But I also know that God won't bring you to something if he doesn't have plans to bring you through something. And I know that God's got a story for every single person. And so there was a time where I'm telling you right now, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me, because there was a time where I sat in my place there in Temple, Texas, where I was like, God, this is not where I wanted life to be. This is not. And all of a sudden, this verse right here, it's what saved me, is when it said, Joseph had another dream. And I said, God, I said, I know that I had an idea of what I wanted to see you do, but God, I also had a way that I thought you were going to make it work, but God, you haven't done that. But I can't get disappointed and I can't just throw away. And I said, God, I need you to give me another dream. God, I, I want to be like Joseph. And God, I, I know that I had an idea of the way that I wanted things to go. And maybe life's like that for you. And maybe you have a different story. And maybe God's pushed you through something. And you say, God, I didn't expect this to happen. God, I didn't see this happening. But can I just tell you, just, just, just find comfort in this. There, there is no such thing as an accident in the kingdom of God. Because God, let, God allows things to happen in your life for certain reasons. Why? I'll never know. I will never know. One day, actually, when I get to heaven, we're going to have a little come to Jesus meeting with Jesus. might <laughs> Jesus, I need like 10 minutes of your time, if that's okay. Can we just talk? Because I know the Bible says that he won't give us more than we can bear, but I'm, she, does, she sure does push the limit sometimes. But I have gone through enough in life to understand this. He has seen me time and time again. He has seen me through so many times to where when something happens, I find it as an encouragement saying, God, I know what's on the other side. If I can just keep dreaming, if I can just keep pushing, I know what's on the other side. And so this morning, here's what I'm believing for. I'm I'm believing God's gonna give somebody a second win. I believe God's gonna give somebody another dream, something that God wants to do in your life. Because a lot of times we get overwhelmed by things. And I know right now as we're talking about dreams as an adult it's difficult, but can I just encourage you with this? God will never call you to do something you don't want to do. He's going to call you to do something. I'm trying to think how I can best put this. There are certain things that you were just born to do. There are certain things that people are just gifted to do. And a lot of times people are afraid to follow a dream because they're like, I'm afraid God's going to call me to do something I don't want to do. But let me just encourage you with this. God will never call you to do something you don't want to do. He's going to always call you to things that you were born to do. And so if you have, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody that's just naturally good at something, it's like, I know for a fact God's called them to do this. I know for a fact God has just aligned things for them to do this. And so just, just be, just don't, don't be so afraid to dream and don't be so afraid to just say, God, I, I, don't, I don't want this to happen because there's so many times like, I'm like I love traveling internationally, but I hate being international sometimes. I'm like, God, I don't want to be a missionary. And he's like, I'm not calling you to be a missionary. Like, go do that a couple of times. But I, like, that was my biggest fear. I'm like, God, don't call me to Africa. Don't call me to Asia. Don't call me to, like, they don't eat good over there. Like, I need to eat. And, like, I, like if you're going to call me anywhere, call me to Louisiana. They cook pretty good food down there, you know? Like, that's, I mean, like, that's, if they're going to call me somewhere, do this. But I want to share three quick things with you. And I've got, like, ten minutes. Pastor Mark, don't, don't lose your mind. I've got three points I can get through really quick. So, first of all, it's this. Your dream causes you to live beyond your circumstances. Listen, you're not limited by the economy. You're not limited by what's in your bank account. You're not limited by your family tree. You're not limited by your education. You're not limited by the color of your skin or the side of the tracks that you were born on. You're not limited by circumstances. As a matter of fact, here's what I want to encourage you with this today. Because you don't live by what is going on around you, but you live by what's going on within you. Can I just tell you something? Like The, the, the thing that I love the most, and no, I'm not texting. I'm pulling something up that Pastor Mark sent me, if I can find it. So we were sitting there talking, and you guys won a pretty awesome award lately. So he was telling me this, that McAllister is, by the Washington Post, right, is labeled the worst city in Oklahoma to live in. Congratulations. (laughs) Like, like, Like... when he said that, I was like, I was like well, then that's, that's just a setup for God to do something amazing. But, God, like, I'm telling you right now, like, like, think about this, like, because if you think about it, like, right now, Frisco, Texas is booming and blowing, and, and that's the best. But, of course, like, who wouldn't want to be there? But if God does something in McAllister, Oklahoma, when the Washington Post takes a note and says this is the worst city, how much more does God want to do something more amazing than you could ever imagine, than you could ever dream, than you could ever even put on paper? But God says, that's who I want to use. Because God doesn't always look at the best and God doesn't always look at certain things. He's like, how can I make this situation work? And here's what I want to encourage you with today: Society may have labeled you the worst city, but I'm telling you, God can turn everything that was meant for his good. And God can take anything that, anything that is labeled on you. Because I, I, I'm telling you right now, listen, I've been labeled. I've been labeled and I've been mislabeled many times. But when Pastor Mark sent this to me, I was, all I could think about is what a setup to know what God's going to do here in McAllister. Because here's what, the, here's what it says, McAllister is a small city in eastern Oklahoma, the worst place to live in in the state of McAllister's Population of 1.7 over the last five years, the crime rate has been driving many residents away. There were 5,824 property crimes and 555 violent crimes per 100,000 people in 2019, well above the national rates of 2,110. Economically, conditions in McAllister are also worse than in much of the state residents are slightly more likely to be unemployed and live below the poverty line than typical Oklahoma's (sighs) residents. Can I just tell you something? When I read that I was encouraged Pastor Mark because you, you realize this like we don't live by what the world says. When you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you no longer live by what the world says. You've got a kingdom inside of you. You have royal blood that runs through your veins. And so we don't go by what society says. We don't go by what CNN or Fox News says. We go by what this right here, by what the Word of God says. We, we, we live our life by what this Bible says. So you have a kingdom inside of you. And so what? So what? McAllister, Oklahoma is the worst city. Just imagine what could come out of this. Just imagine what God can do through this if you just kind of push that to the side and say, God, I know what Washington Post says, but I also know what the word of God says. I know that I'm leaning on knowing that you can do something great in every aspect and great in every season. And I'm not going to be bound by what society says, but I'm going to hold on to what the kingdom of God says. Because in the kingdom, there is an unlimited resource. As a matter of fact, when you think about the King Solomon, there's a story, and I'm not going to read it all, but it's in 1 Kings chapter 3, if you get a chance to read it. But Solomon is taking the throne. He doesn't have age, he has no, like, there's nothing about him. He's a young king, and he's sitting there in this position, and he doesn't have experience. He doesn't have the time. He doesn't have anything that would qualify him to be a king, but he was placed in that position. And one night, He's sitting there praying to God, and, and it's, all, all this is happening, and, and God says, what do you want? Solomon doesn't ask for money. He doesn't ask for his enemies. He just simply asks God, can I get some wisdom? Because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So could you just give me some wisdom? And here's what God says. God says, because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask for your enemies— I'm gonna give it all to you. And can I tell you what I found out the other day? Something that actually absolutely blew my mind, this whole story, I didn't know this until the other day, is that this whole thing was happening in a dream. Solomon was talking to God in a dream. And, and I wholeheartedly believe that it had to be a dream because in his flesh, I think he would have asked for something differently. But in his dream, it's like God gave him the opportunity to get what he needed through a dream. And so God said, here it is. You didn't ask for all these different things that everybody else is asking for. You didn't ask for all these different things. But you asked for wisdom. You asked for this. And Proverbs chapter 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Listen, if you don't live, if you don't have a dream and you don't have a vision, you are always going to live by circumstance. You're always gonna live whether you have a good day or bad day. Your life is going to have the ebbs and flows of who's sitting in the White House. Your wife is gonna always have the ebbs and flows. Every single thing you do in life is gonna have to do with your bank account, whether you have a job, whether you don't have a job, all these different things. You're gonna live by circumstance. Because outside of a vision or a dream, all you have are your natural circumstances and you will always be a victim of your circumstances. Number two is this, a dream makes you rely on God. Because a dream is beyond circumstances and that dream will always take you beyond your your ability because there's certain things that we can do in the natural, but there's always something that God wants to take us to in the spiritual. And a dream is going to take you beyond what you can do and it's going to take you to what God can do. Can I tell you what a sweet assurance it is to just know that God, I'm, I'm just giving you this and it's in your hands. Like you do what you do like there, there's something about letting go and saying, God, you do what you do. You gave me this dream. I'm gonna be faithful right here and doing everything that you've called me to do. But I'm asking you just to do what you have to do. And I know this is gonna sound different for some people, but as I was thinking about this and I was writing this down, but if you can fulfill your dream without God, there's a good chance your dream isn't from God. It might be good, but I doubt it's great. Because think about this because a God dream will not be only a, only a good idea for you but it will be something that lives through you I want a dream that doesn't just change me, but I want a dream that changes generations. I, I want something that goes far beyond me. I, I want a God dream that's, that that when I look at life and I look at things, and even as I think about Pastor Mark and I think about the songs that he's written, and I think about the songs that's going to come out of the king's house, and I think about the worship that's going to come out of this place, and and I know for a fact it's not just for him, it's for people that have never heard his voice ever people that may never meet him, people that will never ever dawn the doors of of the king's house, but it's something that will reach out because when when, when it's a God thing, it's something that you have to have faith in saying, God, I can't do this on my own, it's gonna take you. Because it goes beyond just what it does for me. It's not just a selfish dream of what it does for me, but it's what can it do for somebody else. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now here is the thing that I love most, paths. Just like the, just like the scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this, I know the plans. So here's what the Bible says, there are paths. There are multiple paths. There are multiple ways, because very rarely does that first one work. When Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this, I know the plans I have for you. Aren't you, or, like, there, there's something that a pastor friend of mine wrote a couple months ago, and I absolutely loved it. He said, but when God called us, he told us, took our stupidity into the account. (laughs) Like he knew we were gonna mess up. He was like, I can't just give him plan A. Like I gotta work it all the way through the alphabet. Like like they may mess up and you may be on Z and you may have to go up and double up them letters, I don't know. But what I'm asking, what what, what God is saying is like, listen, I, I know the plans, but also there are different paths. Because you can be on a path that feels right, it looks right, it sounds right, and all of a sudden life happens. Do you just stop? Absolutely not. Because you can dream again. You absolutely can dream again and see what God can do in your life. And I'm so thankful that God didn't give us just one dream. I'm thankful that he didn't just give one path. And I'm thankful that he didn't just have a plan A and said, man, if you mess that up, you're just done. Good luck. I'll see you in heaven. He didn't do that. But we're geared to have multiple dreams. And the third thing is this. As I close, your dream impacts the next generation. So one of the coolest stories that I heard uh, when I was in Orlando, a pastor friend was sharing me with this, but Lillian Disney, the the wife of Walt Disney, uh, they were sitting there at the grand opening of Disney World. And a good friend of hers, you know, Walt had passed when Disney actually opened. And one of her friends just kind of looked at her and said, man, I'm so sad that Walt couldn't be here to see this. And here's what she said. She said he did see this and that's why we're here. She's like, he did see this. She's like, before there ever was an architect, he saw it. He had a vision, he had a dream. Before there ever was a roller coaster built, he saw it. Before there ever was a building, she goes, don't you worry about him seeing it because he saw it. And here's what I'm asking today is, 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 is can you see things, not just for your good, but for generations to come? Because there is a thing called generational blessings. And we've all been a part, we've all heard people say, well, well that's just a generational curse, man. My, 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 th- th- just cancer runs in our family or just, man, just alcoholism runs in my family. But what I wanna encourage you with this today is you can be the first. As a matter of fact, my grandfather was the first. And in our family, they were, they were massive alcoholics in our family, but my grandfather was the first person on my dad's side to just, when my dad was born, my grandfather said, I'm never going to take another drink ever a day in my life because my son will never know what it's like. I don't want my son to experience that. My grandfather got in the ministry, became a pastor, raised my father up to be the man that he is. He became a pastor, raised me up to be the man that I am, and I get a chance to pastor because that's, that's generational blessings. That's generational blessings. But when, when you pass something on, it's something that, because so many times it's just like, I, I don't know what society has labeled you. And I know that we're sitting here and we're talking about McAllister and we're talking about your family. But, but could you be the one? Could you be the one to dream again? Could you be the one that says, I'm going to break this family curse? Could you be that person? Because something neat happened when Pastor Chris called me. Pastor Chris called me. Last week, and asked me if I had a message ready, and I was like, "Man, I'm writing something, and 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 I really want to talk. I really really want to encourage the body right now to dream again, because I really feel like as I'm driving down the street, man, it, it kills me, it crushes me in Killeen, Texas, and driving here, you just see foreclosed, you see closed signs, and people whose their livelihood, they've invested their life into businesses, and they're they're gone. What do they do? And, and, and my, my heart breaks and I'm like, God, I, I just want to encourage people to just dream again. It's okay to dream again. And God can give you something. God can breathe life into that. But I got a letter in the mail. It was a FedEx letter. It was just, a, it was just I mean, it was just like a skinny little document. The guy had me sign for And I got it and I opened it up. And it was a letter from a teacher in Pennsylvania to a school that I was speaking in. And she said, you're not gonna believe this. She said, but I thought you might wanna know this. And she sent me a couple pictures of a young man that I had a chance to speak in front of and a young man that I had help. And when we were doing elementary schools, so here's this young man right here. Like I'm on my knee, that just shows you how little he is. So this is tiny little kid and we're in Pennsylvania. And I bring him up. There's a towel in my hand and there's an analogy that we do. We ask them what they want to be. And as I'm sitting there with that towel, I sit there and, we're, and, we, and we'll say, well, what if somebody offers you drugs or what if somebody offers you alcohol and you're pulling that from them? Well, eventually they realize I've got to hold on to this. Well, this little kid, when I asked him what he wanted to be, he's like, I don't, I don't know what I want to be. And so I just kind of put the mic down and I begin to talk to him and I said, well, what do you like? He goes, I love sports, but I can't play sports. He's like, my family doesn't do sports. I said, well, what's your favorite sport? He goes, I want to play football. I said, okay. I said, well, you're going to play football. I was like, let's just just let this towel represent football today. And he was like, well, but you understand my family, I'm not good at anything. They're not going to let me do this. And I was like, no, today you're going to do it. And so he held onto that towel and and, and I began to pull it from him. And of course he's so small, he wasn't able to hold on until finally the the whole auditorium, 800 kids are cheering his name. They're screaming for him and they're encouraging him. They're asking him to hold on with both hands. And that's the other picture right there where I'm dragging him. Like he's actually trying to pull it from me up to the point to where I just pick it up and he's holding on so tight to that goal and to that dream of being a professional football player one day to where he's up over my head. So the teacher was telling me, she said, you're not gonna believe this. She said, but I know this was many years ago when you were at his school. She's like, but I just want you to know, he was the first kid to ever graduate this high school and get a Division One football scholarship. And so I'm just. <laughs> I just wanna encourage, like, you can dream again. Like, it's okay to dream, it's okay to hold on to that because here's a kid and he's sitting there, not only was he the first person, now, now this is kind of cool part, like, as I'm sitting in my place there in Temple, Texas, I'm crying my eyes out and I'm sitting here and, and I called the teacher and I said, hey, is there any way that I can talk to this young man? Because I just wanna I just want to talk to him, I just wanna be like, man, I'm congratulations on doing what you're doing. And she said, well, hold on, hold on. She goes, well, the story gets better. She said, because not only was he the first person to ever graduate, out of this school and go play division one football but he just got drafted and now he's in the nfl for the st louis Rams or for the california rams so here's this is what she sent me and mean i was blown away by that because can i just say you something you'll never know the effect that you have on somebody else having a gift of encouragement or just walking by somebody during the day and say hey it's okay to dream again it's it's okay to have that goal it's okay to have that dream it's okay and here's the really cool part That kid, 1.9% of athletes in the NFL are Asian American. His whole family, when I got a chance to call him and talk to him last week, he said, Matt, he goes, you're not gonna believe this. He was like, my whole family was against me ever playing football because they didn't consider, like everybody in our family went to Ivy League schools. Everybody in our family wanted to own businesses and do stuff, he said, they looked at athletes as like a lower level, like, like they didn't want me to do that. He said, but there was something about me that wanted to do that, you know, from that day. And I just, and he goes, and there's, he goes, and believe it or not, he goes, I wear a towel. He goes, if you, he goes, if you'll watch me, he's like, I have a towel on my hip, twenty four seven. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I said, that means a lot to me. But he had to overcome different things of his family telling him, there's no way you're going, even even as he was in high school, there's no way you're going to do it. There's no way you're going to have this. There's no way. And you would think of all people, your family would be behind you. And he told me, he said, Matt, he said, the contract that I just signed, he said, when I got drafted, he said, the signing bonus alone was well worth more than anything my family had ever earned in their life. And he said, I'm gonna be able to do more for my family. I'm gonna be able to do more for everything that I'm in my community because I committed myself to something at an early age. He said that day, he goes, honestly, that day that those kids began to cheer for me, that day I heard people calling my name, I knew that there was something different for me. So when I got that in the mail, I asked that teacher, I was like, I need those pictures. I was like, because that, like that, that absolutely meant the world to me. But here's what I want to tell you today, King's House, is this. Dream again. Joseph got another dream. And life has a way of just punching you in the gut. Life has a way of being exactly that life. But I'm telling you, when God puts something inside of you, you can sit there and say, but you don't understand, my family comes from a long line of alcoholics. No, you can be the curse breaker. You can be like my grandfather. You can be the one that blazes the trail for the rest of your family. You may say, well, man, you understand like our whole family, they just live in debt. That's what they do. No, I'm telling you, you can be the first person in your family to get six figures. You can be the first person in your family to do certain things. You can be that trendsetter, but you have to dream again. And, and you have to just know that God's given you that dream. And you have to know that God's given you and put you in that place to do that. So simply today, I am, I'm out of time. So if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. I wanna do this. I, I just, I wanna pray for you guys today. And I just, I, I hope and pray that you understand it is okay to dream again. Dreaming is not for young people. Dreaming is not just for the elementary kids. You can dream again as an adult. God can give you something. But first things first, here's what I wanna do. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior, you may be watching online, you may be sitting here in person, I don't ever wanna close a message without giving somebody the chance to say yes to Jesus. And I just wanna close out with just a simple prayer. So if you would, I'm just gonna simply count to three. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I'm just gonna ask you to simply raise your hand when I get to three. Because you want to talk about dreaming again. The best dream starts with a relationship with Christ. Your your best life is going to start with a relationship with Christ. So when I get to three, if that's you, just simply raise your hand. You ready? One, two, three, raise your hand. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you can put those hands down. Whether you're watching online or whether you're in here today, would you just say this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for sending your son to die for me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Lord, forgive me in my past and give me a brand new future. From this day forward, I never want to be the same again. Thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And dear Heavenly Father, right now, God, I just, I, I thank you for the King's house. God, I, I, I thank you for all that they represent. I thank you for Pastor Mark and Pastor Erica. I thank you for who they are to their families. I thank you for the man of God that he is and the woman of God that she is, the children that they're raising. God, I thank you for what you're gonna do inside this house. And God, I just pray that this is a body that is okay with dreaming again. Plan A may not have worked, plan B may not have worked. God, other things, and Lord, maybe you have the heart of Solomon saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing at times, but God, I just need your wisdom. And so Father, I just pray for a supernatural wisdom for Pastor Marcus, he leads this house. And God, I just pray that more doors open than he ever could imagine through his songwriting, through his worship, so that the King's house can not just have a reach that goes to this city, not just a reach that happens in Oklahoma, but an international reach. God, I, I thank you for the songs that you've birthed inside of him. I, I thank you for the passion that you've put inside of him. I, I just thank you for how, how, how pure of a man that he is to, to do what he's done, to do what he's called to, to be faithful. And God, as he's faithful where he has been planted, God, I just pray that he enters the most fruitful season he's ever entered in his life. God, I hope and pray that this year is going to be the best year the King's house has ever experienced. Because God, one-on-one, on one, we're going to dream again. But, God, we're going to pursue you more than we've ever pursued you. And, God, we're going to lean on your word more than we ever have. And, God, we're not going to be bound by what the Washington Post says. Because, God, there is a kingdom inside of us that says that we are called for greater. God, your Bible constantly talks about things that you have for us, greater plans, greater things. And, God, you orchestrated all. So, Father, I just ask that you just make the path clear. Make the path straight. And, Father, may this year, 2021, be the greatest year the king's house has ever experienced. May this be one of the better years that Pastor Mark and his wife have ever experienced, and God may be this be the year we look back and say, "This is the year that we dreamed again, and we saw you do something amazing." So, Father, thank you for this house. Thank you for this people. Bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, King's House, thank you so much, and Pastor Mark. And hey, would you stand your feet for just a second? I want to just I want to do something that I've always done as you guys get ready to go. And and thank you so much for being here, part of your Memorial Day weekend. I know that there's a lot of things going on. Um, It's rained enough to where you probably could have swam here. Um, I just, I mean, we've been praying for rain in Texas, but I was like, we didn't need it all at once. But there's just something that I love to do. And there's a blessing that was taught to me years ago when I was 17 years old. So if you feel comfortable, V. Wood, would you just stretch your hands forward today? And I just wanna bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may he cover you with his son's name, Jesus. God bless you, King's House. You guys have a great day. Love you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at the And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and you want to visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church forward slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you real soon.